Welcome to Ann Arbor Spark CEO Podcasts, conversations on economic opportunity. My name is Paul Kretko, and I'm the president and CEO of Ann Arbor Spark. Ann Arbor Spark is a public-private partnership, business, government, and academic institutions working to advance the economy of the Ann Arbor region. Welcome to a series of conversations with key leaders from those sectors. Joining me today is Kim Gomez, founder of Me Pagino. Yeah, good job. All right, cool. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in today. Um, you know, one of the things we try to do is is uh, give an opportunity for early stage companies uh, to tell us what they're doing uh, and tell our audience what they're doing. So uh, tell us about the company. Okay, so are you familiar at all with the Padrino tradition in the Hispanic culture? I'm assuming not no. by the look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Hispanics typically reach out to what they're called padrinos, or it's a Spanish term for sponsor, when they're doing any type of traditional celebrations, so like a quinceanera when a girl oh, turns okay. 15. Okay or um, a birthday, graduation, a wedding, Hispanics will reach out to padrinos to help pay for different aspects of their event. Okay. So as an outsider, you might find that to be a little tacky, having you know your guests pay for your wedding. But actually, Hispanics feel like it's an honor to be asked to be a padrino. Okay. And it's thought to be good luck. So um, my husband was born and raised in Mexico. Okay. And we have been asked to be padrinos, I mean, literally like dozens of times a year. And so... Um, until today, there was only one way of getting and organizing your padrinos, and it was literally a pen and paper. So Hispanic families would write all the different things they need, and then they would reach out to everyone they would know and how they're going to pay for the different items. And so if you can imagine Hispanic families living hundreds, if not thousands of miles apart, um, this that method is just crazy. Okay. And so um, at, my husband and I have owned multiple businesses in Michigan, and I told him one day when I was going through the process of being a madrina, which is a female version of a padrino, for an event i said honey we are smarter than this this is this is such a beautiful part of your culture but such a pain in the butt really to be part of and so i said let's try to do something like i wonder if there's something we could do online and you know and so that's just kind of where it started as mm -hmm. a need um a personal need um and a fr you know it was a frustration for me um being an outsider but now we've created me padrino which is an online crowdfunding platform okay. for the Hispanic um, event community. And it's actually, you know, a worldwide platform because it can be used by Hispanics anywhere in the world. So how does it, it's, a, it's an app? It is an online mobile application, okay. yes. And how does it work? So a family can go on and just like any type of, are you familiar with other sites that um, you can, like a wedding website, you can go on. And no, put, I'm not. You're not. Okay. okay. So... <clears throat> You can go on and put all the different details about your event. So there's a map and it'll give directions to the venue or the mass and then, you know, pictures of like, let's say it's a quinceanera. She can put baby pictures and her growing up. And then the guts are, you know, sticking with the tradition. She can list, the family can list the different things they need from their padrinos. So when their event page is shared, their guests can see all the details, but then right on their page, they can literally select like, oh, the venue, give. I can give $100 towards the venue. And then they put their credit card information and boom, within a matter of just a couple of days, those funds are in the user's account. So you receive funding from Invest Detroit, which is uh, a pre-seed fund. It's intended to provide money to companies at a very early stage. We've helped you with various programs and so forth. I'm assuming, you know, as any entrepreneur, there's a bit of bootstrapping, you know, friends, families, and, and fools kind of funding. But are you actively trying to get uh, more investors at this time? Yes, that's been part of a big hat that I'm wearing right now is getting investors. 
Um, this is, like I said, a global problem. It's not just in Michigan. It's not even just in the U.S. I mean, we have users right now. One of our first 20 users is in Mexico. And so we need investments to be able to really hit the market you know, running, um, especially for advertising. So, no, we are definitely looking for investment investors yeah, because right it now. It would seem like where you are right now is you, the product itself is, is pretty – um, developed, I guess is the best way to say mm-hmm. it. The, the the place where you need capital is really to get the word out. It's the marketing of, of the product, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And is the business model, uh, how, how does it work when, when someone signs up with you? I mean, how do you monetize the the product? Okay, so we, um, so are you familiar like a GoFundMe or a, a regular yeah. crowdfunding yeah. Kickstarter? Um, we take a 5%, which is the market standard, fee on the back end. So the site is completely free. Um, but once someone, a padrino actually pays towards an item, the padrino, like let's say they want to just give $100, they give a flat $100. We charge the host, the party host, 5% of that. Okay. And so it's really nice though, because we tell a lot of, you know, especially investors that we've pitched to say, have you got any pushback from that? Well, we tell them just like we tell our users, if you need $35 for a pair of shoes, you know, remember all of these different things. If you have to, if you're going to buy them online, you might have to pay for shipping. You know, we have a credit card or processing fee. So instead of asking for 35, ask for 40. And so our users thinking, well, I'm not paying the 40. The padrino's paying for it. And the padrino's saying, bonus. I used to have to send, you know, spend extra money to wire transfer money to my friends and family across, you know, borders or across any distance. And now I just want to give 100. That's all I have to pay is 100. And so it's kind of a, I, we feel like a win-win. Mm-hmm. So do our users. Okay. Okay. Well, was, I wanted to explore with you just so we understood it because yeah. I think that, I thought that was how your business model would work. But yeah. that makes sense. But we also have a B2B model. So, um a user would go on and say, oh, I want a pastel de tres leches, which is a very typical, traditional cake for any type of big party, where right now there's no site where they can go and actually find, you know, bakeries or quinceanera shops that might sell dresses or just venues in general. Um, So anyone that's advertising in the wedding space or event market, we're going to pull them in and have, you know, a vendor aspect on our site. So we're going to have that B2B model where we'll have a subscription, you know, monthly plan that if you want to advertise on our site. Okay. We'll pair you with those people that are having an event in your area. Well, you you would you explain us a little bit, um, you know how you identify the need for the app. Um, so so what's what's been sort of the response? Oh my gosh, it's been crazy. So we went through your boot camp here at Spark um, in this past fall. And one of the things that we had to do was go find users and do interviews. And so I thought, well, geez, I mean, I'm from Jackson and our business is in Arbor. And I go, but I want to go in front of a bunch of moms planning quinceaneras or, you know, brides planning their weddings. So I went to Chicago to a quinceanera expo and (laughs) stood out like a sore thumb. I'm a six foot tall blonde. I mean, literally it was crazy. But I went and did 168 interviews and literally everyone I talked to was like, where has this been? Or it was the whole, I say, Uber effect where they go, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, yeah. and so just, I mean, even the vendors, so the vendors at these expos came up to us and said, well, how can we advertise? And they knew that we weren't even live. We didn't even have one user uh-huh. yet, but they saw, you know, the scale that this can grow to. So that's, um, the response has been great. I mean, I, one mom hugged me at the event. She's like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting for something like this. And I'm like, but it's not even live. <laughs> we are now, but... Okay. But at that time, I mean, we, we were just getting all this feedback from something that was literally just an idea still. Yeah, and so what you've described 
for people that might be listening to this podcast is is that we have I think we're probably nearly have had nearly 30 boot camps by now and one of the, what those are is we take folks that have what we think is a is an idea that potentially um, can reach customers and can and can turn into something that that is a going concern but one of the things that we put everybody through is this customer discovery point of view because many people come in and say, got this great idea, but they haven't talked to one customer yet. So you've had the opposite experience. You had the idea and the customers were all over it. So I'm sure that was very well received in boot camp. Yes, but actually through boot camp, I'm glad they forced me because so my husband is from a family of 12. And so I felt like I had all the customer interviews right in my back pocket. I could interview all my in-laws and then all of their family and that'd be great. Well, I'm so glad they pushed me outside of my comfort zone because I went and talked to these moms that weren't my in-laws and I got so much feedback and I'm so glad I did that because there's things now that originally I wanted as part of our app, which we totally eliminated because it would have offended some, Uh. you know, things like that that we just didn't even think about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm glad they forced me to kind of push outside of my comfort zone. And I'm an overachiever, so they were like, go get 10 interviews, and I come back with like, you know, <laughs> over 150. They're like, Kim, really? But I'm glad I did. Yeah, but so. you picked the right place to go, so yeah. it's probably easy to collect them. So you're, you're obviously, as we're talking, you're a relatively young startup, and you've just launched this year. Tell us about sort of how you've been able to get started so quickly. Yeah, so um, one, I'm a driven entrepreneur. I mean, I don't have you know, a steady paycheck, we're entrepreneurs. And so that alone, and I'm a busy mother. And so that's drive, number one. Um, Two, I'm in Jackson. And so in Jackson, there really wasn't anything available to me. And so really just through a friend of a friend, I got pushed into Ann Arbor. And then I landed at Spark. And you guys just have so many resources here for us. Um, Boot camp being one of them was great. I mean, it put me in front of right out of the gate investors, Um, not even necessarily investors that wanted to invest, but just their guidance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, the weekly educational classes that you guys have, I've taken advantage of some of those. I mean, there's just so many advantages, but really it's just the drive. I see there's a problem and I see there's a huge audience and I know that I need to be first to market with this platform. Mm -hmm. And so just, I literally work in the middle of the night. It's just the per, my personal drive, I feel like, keeps moving us forward. Well, it sounds like you, you have that entrepreneurial gene. And we know that from your, your experience that you have been a multi-business entrepreneur. T- tell us about some of the other things you have been involved in and how you keep it all together. <laughs> I don't know this answer. No, okay. I, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. Um, so my husband and I um, were married 15 years ago, right out of the gate. We got married, had a baby, opened a restaurant, of all things. Um, and we've had that same restaurant, the Crazy Cowboy in Jackson, for 15 years. Um, since then, we've we opened another restaurant with a bank facility, so I was able to see the event side of things there. Um, we also have rental properties. We own an apartment complex. My husband also owns multiple businesses on the in Mexico, on the other side of the border. So we have experience doing business in Mexico, which has been handy. Um, but when we had this idea, I mean, we sell tacos for a living. So we had to sell one of our restaurants to be able to fund me filling my position um, in Jackson to be meat padrino full time. I'm mm-hmm. literally, I eat, breathe sleep me padrino I don't even it's awful to say but I'm not even there at the other places I've filled my role because I have to do this people are counting on me we've gotten investments and all people have given me their money 
So I have to do this full time. So to close out our conversation, we, we you know you've received funding from Invest Detroit, which is uh, a pre pre seed fund um, mm-hmm. before sort of the venture stage, and uh, we've talked a little bit already about you've received support from us in terms of our programming and in terms of boot camp. So what advice would you have for others, because you've been through this process now, both with Invest Detroit and with Spark, where you sort of had to pitch your idea? What's, what's the things that are important when you're trying to put forward a winning pitch? For investors, one, you really need to know your audience, the pain point, your numbers. Because the second you throw a number out there, you have to back that number. Why did you say that? And so even if it's a guess, it better be a good educated guess. Um, But just really being passionate about your idea. I was listening actually to a podcast on the way here today, and they were saying if, if if somebody were to wake you up in the middle of the night and say, like, go do this for your business, would you wake up and do it in the middle of the night? And that's passion. And so in all honesty, if somebody were to text me in the middle of the night and say, oh, I have a problem logging in, I would get up out of bed and go downstairs so I wouldn't wake the babies and totally help them. And so just to have that passion, I feel like, you know, the investors will see that. Um, and, I mean, you just it's, – it's hard as far as investment. I feel like a lot of people have went out there and said it's really easy to get investments. You know, all people are just, like, throwing money at good ideas. I don't know. I don't find it easy, but – it's not going to make me stop. So yeah. Well, I think too that you, like you said, you identify what the pain point is you're trying to solve, and does the, does the audience you're pitching to understand um, sort of what you described at the beginning, which mm-hmm. is this is a particular aspect of Hispanic culture. I mean, once you explain it to me, having come here from San Jose, I know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand the the Padrino uh, part of it. Um, and so um, given, given the growing Hispanic population, who you might be pitching your idea to, you've got to familiarize them with all of that, mm-hmm. right? That this is, this is a rapidly growing market because that is a part of our population, you know, as an ethnic racial group in America that is growing in size, right? And right. not everybody understands the cultural norms of that that you might be encountering when you're asking for money, right? Right. And, and it's it's funny to say that even in Ann Arbor, you know, it's like one in four people are Hispanic. And so you would think like, oh, this is a, you know, most people would know about this. No, I no, you don't. Like, especially yeah. in the Midwest, yeah. if, you know, people aren't familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, but, it, but it's pretty prevalent in California. So, yeah. It's, yeah, I know. It might be a really good uh, market for you, so. Right. Oh, yeah, I know. I wish I had some great contacts in California. <laughs> but like I said, I'm from Jackson. I feel like I'm making some great contacts just right over here in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Um, so what are you, so what's 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 next? Where are you in your process? What's where are you right now, and what are you working on uh, in terms of the company? Um, so we did a soft launch. We literally just opened up the site to the world, but didn't tell anybody about it, um, just because we wanted just some organic mm-hmm. people, our friends and family that are having events, to try it out. We found some bugs, nothing crazy. Um, Everyone got their money they were supposed to donate and receive. Um, but it was just some minor errors that we were able to, you know, fix. Um, we're creating a wizard, you know, to walk them through the steps just so the app's a little bit more mobile, you know, mm-hmm. friendly. Um, that should launch next week. And then after we've kind of made sure that there's no bumps there, we plan on doing a big um, launch as far as an advertising campaign. And what would that some, entail? 
I hate to say um, out of all of our interviews that 100% of our users use Facebook. And so Facebook's great. I mean, you can literally say, I want a Hispanic woman between the ages of 35 and 50 who has a daughter who's between the ages of 13 and 15 that speaks Spanish, that has interest in quinceañeras. I want her to see my ad. How awesome is that? Like, you can't do that, like with any other form of advertising. And so um, we're going to start there. We're going to start at Facebook. Um, But we also know our 14-year-old girls who are going to say, Mom, I really want this cool app. Like, I really want this cool web page. It's all about me. It's all about my party, are using the Instagram and Twitter. And so we're going to be doing our ads will, you know, fall over into those medias as well. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Well, it's great talking with you, oh. and we'll keep track of where you're at, and uh, you know, enjoy your success. Oh, uh, thanks so and, much. Uh, we'll want to maybe get, bring you back and find out how it's going. Great. Yes, and I want to thank our audience for listening and learning more about those leaders and organizations who are working hard to create the Annabelle region's economic future. These conversations are brought to you by Annabelle Spark. Annabelle Spark is a public-private partnership of business, government and academic institutions working to advance the economy of the Ann Arbor region and should point out that we do, in terms of our greater Ann Arbor region, uh, do work with Jackson and, and Jackson County. So, you know, that's a, a very important part uh, of our collaborative effort. Uh, for more information about Ann Arbor Spark, you can find us on the web at annarborusa.org and also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For more information about me, Padrino, please visit mi. P-A-D-R-I-N-O dot com.